0: Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have whether you're a filmmaker or a fan so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. The chat room is open. My guest today is Mr. Peter Marshall, uh, director, first AD, producer. He's an uh, educator. Uh, I'll be telling you more about Peter in just a moment. We're going to spend about an hour together. This is uh, another continuing episode in the director series, which is... An incredibly valuable resource for directors and/or actors and filmmakers, for that matter. But it's a how-to, what to do. Peter is a, has worked as a first AD. He understands scheduling and organizing and the principles behind that and breakdowns. He's worked as a director in terms of script analysis and breaking a script and working with actors and working with cinematographers. He's done television, movies, you know, documentaries. He's he's done it all. He's a, he's an incredible resource uh, and a valuable valuable person to know and to have on the show. And we've been talking for now 20 parts on directing. It's a series. If you're tuning in for the very first time, don't don't worry about it. You're coming in in the, in the middle of something, that's true. But get the valuable information you're going to get from today's show, listen live uh, or listen to this archive, and then go back and listen to each of the other episodes at your leisure. You can do so anytime, 24-7, because all of the interviews, the director series as well as all of my interviews, are archived at rexikes.com. That's the official website for Rexikes Movie Beat. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. It's my name, I'm your host. And uh, all of these interviews are available. There's over 300 hours of them. And uh, you can listen live right from the website, or you can go back and listen to all the archived interviews, and you're going to want to do that. It's truly a valuable, valuable resource, because Movie Beat is designed to be a, a free resource for you. And that's why I connect you up with... People are making it happen, and in exchange for this wonderful information, for secrets, tips, suggestions, advice, for the know-how shared by my guests, all we ask in return are two things. One is spread the word near and far, share it with everyone you know by Twitter, Facebook, in-person, email, phone, whatever means you do. Share it, spread it, get it out there for us, please, because that helps us reach other people and other filmmakers who who really need this critical information. And then also, please leave comments at the player. If you're in the chat room, that's fantastic. You can do that when we're live. But live or archived, you can leave a comment right there at the player window at Blog Talk Radio. Underneath it, it'll say comments. And if you do that, um, they get posted to Facebook and other places as well. But it, it helps increase our visibility on the Internet so that other people can find us more readily and easily and benefit by the information shared by my important professional guest. So if you would do that, leave comments. Don't go away today or anytime you're listening without leaving a comment. It really does help us out. It helps my guests. It helps me. It helps the show. It helps the listeners. And you can also get all of these as iTunes podcasts. And if you would rate and review those when you subscribe, download it to your favorite electronic device and you'll have it with you wherever you go. Peter Marshall, I'm going to tell you, has been in this business for over thirty five years and uh I'm not going to read a formal introduction because he, you, but I will tell you this his, his website is Action Cut Print, actioncutprint.com, and you're going to want to go there and look at what he offers. He also has programs. He's got a director's series, he's got a first AD series. I have these programs. I just want you to know I have these programs, and and I listen to these programs as refreshers throughout the year. And I've got it on my phone and I'm driving. I go somewhere I drive, I put on Peter's programs and I go back and I listen because that way my car is my uh university, you know. My phone becomes my learning tool and I and I go back, I listen to Peter's programs um repeatedly. Even though I'm discussing all of this with Peter. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you he also has workshops coming up and, and stuff like that, but I want to bring Peter on right now and uh and you can enjoy him too. Peter, how are you today? I'm doing really well, Rex. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you back in the show. It's been some some time since we last uh met up and I can't believe that so much time has gone by, but it is it is uh very good to have you back.
1: Yeah, it's been great. I mean, you and I have uh, have had some great chats and I guess the last, you know, latter part of last year, 2012 was very busy for both of us and we were always moving around and just trying to find scheduled time, but now we're settling in. We got we got one today, and I think one on February, in February, and uh, so that's great. I think it's twenty first or something like that. So, uh, but it'll uh, be great. Looking forward to. It.
0: And we'll schedule more. And I hope we do a hundred of these. And, and you know what? <laughs> if we run out of stuff to talk about on directing, we'll have to find another topic uh, about filmmaking that we can that we can um, uh, explore. Because I, I, I certainly enjoy a different these kinds conversations of in the theaters or something. Well, I mean, we'll talk about something <laughs> for sure. Yes, that's for sure. All right. So today. Um, uh, well, first I said Action Cut Print. You also have an e-zine. You've got the Director's Chair, that's correct, and and directing tips.
1: Yeah, filmdirectingtips.com dot com is my blog, uh-huh. and,
0: uh
1: huh. And and then on Action Cut Print, which is my website, which you said I have a have a monthly easing zine I put out called the Director's Chair, and people can look at you know they can look at all the back issues there if they want to subscribe. Go ahead, it's all free, so it's good stuff.
0: Now oh, I want to I want to bring this up right away because because uh, I'm going to see you in March. <laughs> Oh, good in, in in person, and that's the ninth and tenth. But you have workshops, right? And uh, directing yeah. workshops. Can you mention those?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm um, I'm hooked in with uh, Raindance uh, Canada. They they have uh, offices all over the world, and uh, and I've been doing a series of workshops for them, directing workshops. And the next one is going to be in Toronto on March ninth and tenth, and it's directing actors and. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to that one. It's a lot of uh, hands-on, uh, working with actors, uh, going through the audition process, uh, understanding what script read-throughs are all about, and then actually on the on the second day just really getting uh, your hands dirty and getting in and sort of working with actors in groups. So it's I'm looking forward to it. Uh, um, I was in Toronto twice before doing a blocking uh, exercise. Uh, or, uh, or advanced blocking uh, workshop, and then before that, I was doing the essentials of film directing. So uh, it's been quite exciting, and I'm going to be in Toronto at least four times a year doing that. And then also, uh, hopefully in Vancouver, I'll start be gearing up again my workshops in Vancouver, and of course uh, anywhere else uh, I can travel. And if anybody else listening is interested in in, in uh, having workshops in their area, it's on my website. You can see all my information. Just give me uh, give me a shout. And we'll talk about it very cool that is and I'm cool, looking yeah. forward to having you up too, Rex, because you know we've we've been on the line here for a few years now. we've never met, and that's the whole power never of the met we've to. never met personally but I feel like you're a brother,
0: you know exactly, exactly, so, so I hope you can uh, yeah. Go. No, I can't. I can't wait. I am so thrilled, and I'm I'm excited. And I'm going to be there. And so, any listeners who are also going to join, uh, make arrangements to be there, and uh, we'll all meet up there. And that'll be a fantastic time. Um, well, very cool. Well, you know, and and we're talking about acting and directing today, and um, you, you know, I really, I so I mean, this is this is very apropos in terms of uh, in terms of. Um, uh, what the director does to to uh, help an actor deliver a good performance. Now, interestingly enough, I had a casting director look at something that I had done, and it was it wasn't a finished thing. I said, here's a clip. I just want to show you the clip um, because I was I was letting a few people see it. And she said, you know, I, it really bothers me because those people aren't actors. And I said, well, no, they're not. I said, but also keep in mind this hasn't been cut. It's not edited. It's not uh, cut for performance or strength. It's not color corrected. There's no sound. Correct. It was just a raw clip. I wanted you to see. She said, well, it's just very hard for me to watch because they're not actors, and I'm, you know, I'm, for 40 years I've I've been casting actors. I said, okay, fair enough. I, you know, she's, well, I'm sorry, and I said, no, no, no. I, I, I wanted you to look at it, and I, and I want your honest opinion. I don't want you to tell me. that. So it, it was an interesting thing, and 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 um, I'm always very, uh, very fascinated by what constitutes a good performance and how does a director get uh, an actor to act without Acting, mm-hmm. so that they come across believable and real, and so that when the people watch them, they're they're entertained or that they feel what they're supposed to feel. So what 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 is it, Peter, uh, uh, about um, getting a good performance from uh, a cast m- a member?
1: Well, there's a lot there's a lot to it, and and I think that it's not just up to the actor, and it's not just up to the
0: director. It's up to
1: both. I mean, and, and people need to be trained as well. Uh, you know, you can take actors that are raw off the street and never acted before and they have a certain quality about them and and they are, they just look and everything about the part. You know, children are, are a prime example of that. You know, young kids that, you know, are on screen or, you know, you know they're not acting. They're just being themselves and, and being guided by the director. Um, the other thing as is, is, well is about training and, and I talk a lot about that. Uh, that you know, the actors also you they need to be trained, and in theater and film, and you know, all actors should really be you know get a basis, a basic training in theater because that's you know that's five thousand years old or whatever it is, and it's evergreen, and it's always there, and take classes and and all of that, and that's so important. Um, uh, Larry Moss, who I don't know if you probably know Larry Moss, he's uh, a, yeah of yeah he's up and he comes to Vancouver a couple times a year, and I I sat in and audited one day of his classes. Uh, and how he deals with actors, and and uh, uh, and it's just great. And and it's like actors have to go and take classes and do this, and that's part. of It's like muscle memory, right? It's like exercising. If you're riding a bike, in in the you know going going for gold, you you've got to get on your bike all the time. You just can't leave it. And the same with directors. I mean, we need to exercise those muscles. If you're sitting at home just writing a script, or months and months go by before you're on the set you know you're not you're not doing anything you're not you're not exercising those creative muscles so you know i started a long time ago when i was doing this and then i would go to uh, i would audit um casting or sorry um acting classes and then end up working with actors there and and it was just trying to always stay on top of everything um you know we're in the observation business and it's human behavior is really the number one thing that we all deal with writers directors and actors uh, you know we deal with human behavior, and that's really the first thing we have to understand um, as a writer, as a director, and an actor, you know, because it's just easy to say, well, you know, I'm I'm playing this role, and then, or I'm directing a movie that has this role in it. You've got to do your homework. You've got to really understand uh, a lot that goes on, and and I've seen, a, being an AD for over 25 years, I've worked with a lot of really good directors, and I've worked with a lot of really bad directors, and and you can really see a difference, and and that that the good directors uh, listen to the actors, care, and and the key word is trust, and we talked about that previously in one of the other episodes we we talked about, and that is really the number one thing that actors, I believe, actors want from a director, and uh, because it's so important and that actors you know if they don't trust the director they be they have to they go to their head they're trying to then they they they're they're judging their performance they're becoming director proof and that takes away from their performance and they're not allowed to just be uh you know to be in the moment and you know when good actors are connected i think you said the word truth believability that's what happens and and a lot of times our jobs as directors is to just really listen Listen for the truth. Just listen. Be there, because on a film set, the only audience the the direct the actors really have is the director, because you, you, they look at you when they're cut. They look at you. Well, what do we do? Did we do okay? What do you want to do? In theater, they have a whole audience that uh, that's alive, and so that's why every night's slightly different because a different audience will give them. They'll laugh at a certain place, and then the night next night they won't, and uh, so they go with that. So on a film set uh it 's the director actor relationship is really important, and I believe ultimately that the the director's main job uh after script analysis is working with the actors and uh I have a little mantra uh which i 'm preaching now and, and you know which is the three words which is you know story performance and style and that 's the or or all the logistics and the technical and that 's what i 'm i'm sort of preaching to the certain extent that you have to understand story first before you do anything. Uh, people come in, and, they, and what I mean by understand story, I mean do your script analysis. It all starts with script analysis. Um, anybody who's got Judith Weston's two books understands the importance of, of script analysis. Uh, you know, Larry Moss talks about script analysis. Everything starts from the script. Understand the story, the character objectives, the scene objectives, uh, why people are doing things, what the writer wanted in the script that's going to help you direct actors. Now, that was a very long answer, but
0: there was my answer. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I really did. I mean, you know, I uh, and I couldn't agree more from from, from wearing uh, the actor hat. Um, mm. There's nothing to me more crucial. I mean, if I'm doing a play, uh, you can somehow, you can vibe, you can sense, and, and your while well, your attention shouldn't be on it, whether the audience is with you or against you, you know whether you have a degree of rapport or not with your fellow actors, whether the thing seems to be going really well, and whether you're, you know, I mean, you're 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 doing everything right, and and people are coming along and enjoying it. Um, much harder in film because there's you, there may be the other cast members, the actor, and then there's the director and the crew standing around, and um, you know the crew isn't. St- I mean, sometimes they break into applause, or you know they they support the actor in that way. But but for the most part, there's there's no feedback unless the director gives you some instantaneous feedback about what you're doing.
1: Yes, well, and, and exactly, and actors need the feedback from the director, and they need feedback, period. And as an actor yourself, yes, yes. you understand that because if they don't get it from the director, they're going to look around and get it from the costume supervisor or the focus puller or the first right. AD or
0: whatever. They're going to well, what
1: are, they're going to
0: do that. Right, no. and it, it, it's an amazing thing because, I, and that was, and that, I was piggybacking on your point because it, there is that I don't know that 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 need to know that you're that you're being helpful, that you're doing right, that you're correct. You know, maybe that's because of our upbringing, but whatever. But they're, they're, I think most actors have this uh, desire, and they they want to be enhanced that they trust. And I hear all these horror stories of people, and maybe you shared one, you, you know, but of people who will test a director to see if they they have any chops regarding acting like it. Did, did you tell the story about Brando? No. Somebody told the story about Brando, how Brando would do a scene and he would do it, like, purposefully off or bad, and if the director went, that's fantastic, Brando would go, well, pff, this guy doesn't know it all. He doesn't yeah, know yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then he, w- he, he wouldn't trust the director and he would you know he would walk all over him, kind of thing. Um, but if the director said, that sucked, uh, let's try it again, then Brando knew he had somebody you could trust. Mm-hmm. So... You know, uh, I've always liked that story. So,
1: Well, it is, and it's so true. And, and you know, actors get the short end of the stick a lot and, and uh, because they're expected to, uh, you know, show up, uh, hit their marks, hit their lines, do a couple of takes and move on. Yet, you know, and then when they blow a line or something happens, you hear the crew rumble and why can't we get, you know, what about this and all about that? you know, you bet the DP can spend an extra 15 minutes setting flags and lights, and the sound can go and make adjustments. And it's just, you know, like, think about everybody. You know, it's all a teamwork. Actors are one part of the team, just like the sound and the props and and cinematography and everything else. It's a team effort. Yet there's just something that, you know, with actors, they're just expected to be brilliant when they walk on, and if they can't get it in two takes, then, you know, there's, there's rumblings. And yet it's like the crew always has their time to fix things and to change things. So a lot of it's about attitude as well. And I think that a lot of the attitude is, you know, actors get paid a lot of money. They sit in the trailer. They're pampered. Uh, they come out. They do their thing. They, they, you know, they have a hissy fit. Uh, whatever it is, that's all what we read about in the newspapers, right? But, you know, the, all the actors, you know, those, those yes, and there are actors like that, of course. There's there's DPs and ADs and directors like that, too. So it's uh, just that what we see on the screen is we see the actors. We don't see what went on behind the scenes. We don't see all the other personalities. And, and you know, uh, you know, I remember, and, and I said this in one of your earlier, um, excuse me, one of your our earlier conversations about Natalie Portman and said that, and I'm just sort of paraphrasing what she said, but she would rather have, I mean, in the best of all worlds, you'd want a great, very good director and a very good first AD working with you on set. Right. But Natalie had said, Uh, you know, that basically if she had to make a choice that she would rather have um, a very good first AD and a not so good director because she knows that she knew at least the show would get done and that they could work themselves rather than, you know, a director that was a really good director but the AD, everything would fall apart and and then the tension would rise because, you know, they're scrambling. So it, it was an interesting perspective on that.
0: Well, and, and for the listeners who, who may be tuning in for the first time or who haven't gone through all of or both of the series, you know, it is important to know the, the role, the function, the duties of both positions, director and first AD, and how they uh, complement each other and, and how they are different. And Peter did do uh, for us a first AD series, and you can go back and listen to that. There are other first ADs on the show as well that you might want to go back and hear because it, it's a very different set of responsibilities. And um, and I, I I guess I would concur very strongly with with uh, Ms. Portman that at least the thing will get done. Uh, there's nothing. I mean, I'm you know with all the micro film budget stuff that we're doing here in the Midwest. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have money for the people, and sometimes we don't, and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing worse for me uh, directing something if I don't have. A first AD, because then I have to do it, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to do other things, you know. And, and they have to. T- I mean, this is that that auteur thing where your producer and your director and your right, first AD right. and you, you know, I won't shoot the thing and I won't edit the thing, but you know, but but it's it's just such a complicated set of. Tasks and skills and responsibilities. I don't want. I, I just want to be able to. Do, I either want a first AD when I'm a first AD, or I want to direct when I'm a director. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't want to produce when I'm directing. I mean, I just. I want that isolated, and it, it makes a whole lot of sense. I wanted to say one other thing, and this is long too, and that is I was assisting somebody in in cutting some stuff, and they they weren't they're they're fairly good at cutting, but they didn't really know much about acting. They could cut great, you know, visual uh, footage, you know, and, and scenery and things, but. So we would we were cutting some performances together, and I said, "Well, you need to cut that. It's got to be short. You got to take that out. You got, you know, we're going to cut for the strength of the performance." And finally, I said, "Well, I, I'm glad that you showed me what good acting is all about because you know the way he had cut it. You know, you'd look at it, and you go, 'This this isn't very strong.' Mm-hmm. Now, I've had agreement and disagreement with people even on my show because I have always maintained for a, a purpose, and I'm going to blow the purpose now, but I've always maintained that you can't edit." for a good performance which obviously you can't but I would always say you know it's up to the actor to bring the performance in the best performance and deliver that best performance because you you can't save it in the editing room well you can save some of it but um unlike having a bad story you can't make a good movie sometimes you can have a weaker performance and the way you cut it um it's not as bad as it was
1: well you know and I I agree with that I think that uh, the way, and I think you know the way you get around that is when you have someone who's either it's a bad performance or it's not working or they're an inexperienced actor or whatever you want to call it, and they're talking to someone else, you will usually see the scene is cut, most of it on the person listening. Right. <laughs> so they can cut right. all the dialogue or do ADR in the other person later to try to fix it. And those are like fixes, right? And uh, so what you're doing is you're cutting. Uh, you know, you're, you're for, what I call forcing the cut, right? You're forcing the cut to, uh, right. to, to go in and do things where you'd want to sit for, you know, if this was like, if these were two actors that were just bang on, you just sit in two shot and just let them roll and your mouth drops. You go, Oh my God, you know, right. you're just watching them, uh, you know, play. And, and, uh, but, but the, the thing is too, it's like, well, there's bad cinematography and there's bad directing and there's bad this and there's bad right. that. And, and, and so how do you get around that? It? It's, and so I always, you know, when I sort of, my, my little mantra I talked about, well, if you go for story first, in other words, make you have to make sure the story works, because then everything else really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have Daniel Day-Lewis in your movie, and your movie just, well, of course, you, you wouldn't get him if the story sucks. Right. but let's assume you would in a second. Um You have maybe a good performance in a scene, but the overall movie just tanks because there's no story. You don't care about the characters within the first five minutes. You know who lives, who dies at the end, all of that kind of stuff. So it's got to be the story first, always the story. And you'll hear everybody talk about story, story, story. Actors read, like they'll get a script and say, "What's the story? What's my role? You know, is the story interesting? You know." And then the second part of that is about performance, is about getting the best actors. It's about going through all your auditions and casting and, and honing the skills and getting believable perform- performances. And then after that, it's ev- absolutely everything else. It's all your your cinematography and wardrobe and, and green screen and design and steady cams and all of that, because none of that makes – well, doesn't really matter if the first two uh, – nobody cares. And I think ultimately that's it. You know, my definition – and again I I I've, I've said this before in your show but you know definition for me of making a movie is the art of visually telling a compelling story with believable characters that make us feel something. And I just find that so true and that's like any kind of story or movie or film that that you want to be taken into the story that you want you want to be absorbed with the characters they're believable you're you, you know when someone that you care about is wounded or dies or something happens there's an emotion in there and because you ultimately what we want at the end is we want the audience to feel something now that could be a comedy could be a laugh could be a slasher movie where we want to scare people that doesn't matter it's those are the feelings we go for so i try to demystify a lot of stuff as well and Story, performance, and style are, and I try to put everything into three words because it's the magic number in our business. So I think if I pass that on to your audience. Is
0: I think it's work great. Work with
1: the story, then work with the performance, the, the dialogue, the character object, the scene object, work all that first, and everything else, it really doesn't matter. If you can't, I mean, it all matters to make it best. Yes, all the, all the elements should work together to make a fantastic movie. Absolutely. But if you're doing a short film or you're 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 getting all this money or hardly any money to do a movie, focus on the first two. You know, you don't you could you don't have big dolly shots or steady cams. That doesn't matter. Tell the story. Find the shots and and the performances to tell your story first. It definitely
0: it's it's substance over style. I mean, yeah. style is can be a critical component, but it's it, I mean, it can be a if the story and the acting are all together, and, and then you have cinematic style as well, that style also comes from from the story and the acting. I mean, but it won't come the other way around. It's like having a great dress in the wrong body. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you well, know, I mean, that. yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not even going to go there, Rex. But anyways, the, yep. uh, the yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you, you take uh, what was it, Mike Lee and uh, Secrets and Lies, where the big culminating moment between the actress finally finding her daughter he just put the camera in a... and it was in a cafe if i remember this now it was just in a cafe and they sat they sat at a in this cafe at a table and they put the camera like one seat back and it just rolled this two shot for like 10 minutes and you were absolutely mesmerized you because it's by you were invested in the story you were invested in the characters she finally found her daughter and they had this conversation and there was no cuts no fancy moves just the camera static and just Telling the story,
0: I'm going you know, to go. Go ahead. am sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's all. I'm just going to plug something that that I discovered recently after it had aired, um, and that was the newsroom on HBO. Mm. And I watched the episodes back to back, and I, I literally I wept. I mean, I was like I was like so impressed with the writing and the acting and the way that they executed so much of that series. Um, I was like. I, this is just unbelievable for me. I mean, I was I was so pleased to to I, I felt like I was lucky to have lucked into this show. I had heard about it. I, I tuned it in once and kind of watched a piece of it, and then went ah, I'll get back to it. But when I sat down for two days to watch it back to back, I was just like wow. I mean, I really felt I really felt treated. And and not everybody will have that same experience, I'm sure. And not everybody will agree with me, probably. But but the sensation that I had in watching that is what I would want all of my audience to have, to well, go Well, art,
1: art is subjective, and, and sort of you watch a movie, and we both, you and I both go to the same movie, and you like it, and I don't. Who's right? Well, we both are, because it's subjective, right. and, and it's all about our background, our history, and our culture, and, and everything, why we like something, why we like a book or a painting or a TV show or a movie. So And that's what it should be. I mean, yeah. not everybody right. can like... You know, because there's a creative element in there, and different things come in. So, but what you do is you tell the story that you tell the best. Uh, that probably didn't come off too well, but it was like, you, you know, you as a as a as an author or as a filmmaker uh, or as a musician or a poet, whatever you you tell the story, you play that music that you want in your style, and that's what an artist does. They hold the mirror up to society, and they go, "This is what I see." Right, you may see something different, but this is what I see, so I'm gonna make it the best that I can and if you like it, great, if you take something for it, great, if you don't like it, great, we can still have a conversation because that's what it does art and uh you know all of the the creative endeavors are there to to bring emotions out right Very and I think that then we've well, now at least we've accomplished something. Did you get mad? Because you watched well, good, that's actually what I wanted, <laughs> or
0: whatever it is. Yeah, very cool. I want to I want to I wanna, uh, read a comment from the chat room from uh, uh, J. Blair Brown who who's, who made the comment. And I'm going to report of it. But um, he's commenting on story first concept that he was that you were talking about and saying you know it's true. The story is the first line of defense, you know, uh, against a story that sexy. He said the greatest actor cannot make the story better, but a great story might make a better actor. And um, and i i I would agree with that sentiment i mean if you're a bad actor, you're a bad actor, but the the better material the person has to work with the the more likely uh, chance that with proper directing or proper um uh, understanding they can deliver a better performance. But if they start with the best actor has really, really bad material um again they they can do so much, but they can never transcend the weakness of the material.
1: Well, yeah, you're in, I agree with that statement, but it's always a minefield when you step into these yeah. kind of conversations because right. oh, yeah. it, it's it's a lot of it's about you know is it a bad actor or just someone who's not believable in that role, right? You know, and I oh. and I think that even doing want to talk about you know is a bad actor, it's like well, you know, a lot of the times there, you know in in the business, and it's a very unfair uh, you know sort of Shark Tank kind of business we're in. Uh, And you and I love it. That's why we're in it. But, uh, you know, it's like there's an expression that says, well, if they're good, if the actors are good in performance, it's the actors, uh, you know, to the actor's credit. If the acting's bad, it's the director's fault. And it's like, wow, you know, you've got a lot of responsibility there. But at the same point, the story, the better the story, then if you have, you know, less, I like to use the word less experienced actors. Or actors maybe that are miscast in a role. That, that's also a big possibility that happens sure. as well. They're not fit for that role, yet they're a good actor. It's like at least it's just, you know, how do you get performances out of that? And if you've got this incredible dialogue, um, you can do a lot with, with the subtext and with the beats and the moments, and that's that's good directing. But and like a lot you said, of the- you got to start with the story because otherwise... Otherwise, and, you, and, get, you get amazing scenes, but you don't get an amazing movie. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And, um, and uh, one of the things I want to say is, again, I remind the listeners that we have talked so much about these other points uh, in previous shows to go back and listen to the previous shows. So, I mean, we're talking. Story and script breakdown and analysis and blocking for actors and working actors in camera and I mean all sorts of different things. So uh, go back and listen. Uh, I got to also say, Peter, that we are already blown past the halfway point. I got to do a small little uh, uh, commercial here for uh, who's coming up and then we'll be right back. And again, Peter's website is actioncutprint.com, actioncutprint.com. He's got workshops uh, coming up that you're going to want to attend or at least check out at the very least. He's got the, the, an e-zine, and he's got a blog, and so you're going to want to go and, and look at all of that stuff. And he's got products available online that, that you can get that are uh, fascinating, wonderful products that uh, will add value to you and what you do. Uh, the next up is Adam Levenberg. He is the author of a book called uh, Starter Screenplay. I, I like this book very much. It was It was a book about... Mm. Um, kind of like Save the Cat. It's like, what do you need to have in your screenplay and what you don't? And if you're starting out or moving your career to the next level, uh, it comes from the the, the idea of, of somebody who's been a reader in Hollywood, what they look for, um, because they see everything. Uh, a friend of mine is Chris Lockhart. You've got to hear his shows as well on the show, because he's story editor at William Morris Endeavor. You know His job is to find stories for Denzel Washington and Richard Gere and, and, you know, the best scripts. And so he's he's estimated he's read a 100,000 screenplays. And I always go, God, I hate reading screenplays. He goes, me too. <laughs> I'm like, how can you do it? But that, but that is it. It is, it is uh, you know, having a good story and something that you should present. And so Adam is coming up. Uh, we will have more people from Yellow Rock. Coming up, we just did an excellent interview with Daniel Valuzet. Uh Go back, listen to that. Daniel wears so many hats. Uh, he he owns the Melody Ranch and the uh, Valdez uh, Motion Picture Ranch out in Los, uh, the uh, north of Los Angeles and or uh, anyway at Santa in in Clarita. And you, you got to hear this interview. Uh, Paul Rockman, who is co-founder of Slam Dance, uh, documentary, narrative filmmaker, music video maker, is coming back. So be sure to listen to to uh, Paul. Uh, coming up on the 29th, and you can find all this information out on my Facebook friends page, Rex Sykes Movie Beat. It'll also be tweeted about. It's also on RexSykes.com. And again, please leave comments at the player right now, or tweet live, or put something on Facebook if you're enjoying the interview. Leave comments. Don't go away without doing something like that for us today, and share these interviews. And we're back with Mr. Peter Marshall. Peter, um, I wanted to say, you know, we've got we, we were talking again uh, if you can go through some of the um you know good performance traits that uh, directors are going to look for in actors um that would be real cool
1: sure well i think just you know if we start i mean it really starts back in the in the casting process you know when you work with uh,
0: actors you go all the way through
1: from casting callbacks into script read through uh rehearsals onto the set and in, into adr i think it's like 7 or 8 Sort of times you actually work with an actor, so that's that's where that relationship comes in. And and I just want to review that you know one of the especially when you go back into casting that really the, there's lots of qualities we look for, but the top three especially when you're in the audition because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about casting is really you know first is do they look the role, do they look the part, and then do they have range, and the third one is can they take direction, and and those are the three things that. That essentially we try to do in that 10 minutes in a casting, you know, session. So, and we talked about that on episode 20 in a little more detail, or whatever we did. So, the last one. But a lot of other things happen as well. And you know, as you get into working with actors in the audition process or into callbacks, you're actually, as a director, if you can pass sort of those first three, um, you know, uh, qualities uh and if because you're actually casting for performance more for look. And that's where a lot of producer directors and everybody sort of have this battle where the person walks into the room and they absolutely look they absolutely look the role that everybody wants but they're just they just don't have the performance and then if the producers say, well you've got to hire that person, that's really tough because, you know, if you can't get anything out of them. So that's always the battle that happens. But um a lot of the things that I think we look for as directors uh, you know are do they listen and see very well or you know, are they focused? do they play the moment um, all of this comes in the audition process, and then because it it how do you hire somebody after five ten minutes uh that 's going could make her break break your movie it 's a very difficult uh process but um so that 's one thing you want to make sure that they 're listening to the other person or they do you believe them is is you know really important um Things like um, incorporate changes quickly, like unexpected events, things that happen. You're doing a callback, or something happens, and you know they're on a desk, and a pen falls off, or something. And they just lean down, pick it up, put it back on, and they're still in their moment. They still do it. Like that's real stuff, and not sort of like something happens and they say, "Oh, sorry," you know, or cut, or <laughs> whatever, because then they're not in. They're not in. They're in their heads, right? They're trying to think of think their way through the acting instead of, you know, in the moment. And so those are something that's, that are important. You want to see those things happen. I always make little notes when things like little accidents happening, yet the char- they still stay in character. You know, uh, you know, somebody opens a door in the casting room or something, the actor just turns and stays in character and then continues. I had that happen once. It was amazing.
0: Uh, isn't, yeah. the, isn't the, I mean, I'm sorry, isn't the, at least the legendary story, uh, like of Hoffman in uh, Midnight Cowboy where he's crossing the street with John Voight, that he that the car that pulls up was not i mean they hadn't controlled traffic they were just kind of stealing the shot and when he slams his hand down on the taxi cab and goes i'm walking here that this was just all uh improv Do you, are you familiar with that no i haven't
1: heard it but i can imagine that would be true i mean that's just what that's what happens right and and they're they're in character the camera's rolling and then if they're on the street things happen and that's the perfect example from a brilliant actor and you just you just that's gold those are the little accidents that happen that we can never plan for and that adds so much more you know to the movie as long as nobody gets up and starts having a fight <laughs> but, right uh, no that's a good one yeah but that's exactly what we are we were saying it's like you're you're in the role, and whatever happens, you know, happens within the role, because little things will, you know, and that's important. I think also, you know, being a good ensemble actor, too, you know, gives and takes is really important. And uh, because it's not all about you, you know, even if you're number one in the call sheet, it's not all about you. Um, you know, Troby and I went to see Lincoln uh, over Christmas and uh you know what's the name of the movie Lincoln so it is about the character Lincoln but there's a lot of other characters in there too you know Tommy Lee Jones and uh, and you know Mrs you know and, and and Sally Field and all these other people that you're just wanting to know about we have to because they support that it's not a one man show and so it's like how are all the other characters how do they how are they dealt with in there that's all important so it's really to be able to uh give and take and and when when we go watch a movie and all of us are in the audience whether you're in the business or not it's irrelevant because as long as you sit and watch a movie you don't really know if you know what the camaraderie was whether it was about me you know the actors because you're seeing a finished product you only really know that on the set but somewhere in that you know there's an edge of performance or something that happens or a, what I call we always look for magic moments as directors you know if you're doing you know large scenes or, or long takes you know the whole thing is not going to be perfect, but you're looking for those magic moments within it, and if you understand the editing which you have to do as a director uh, and how to piece it together uh you find these magic moments and and when things happen uh that are either accident or or every take slightly different uh which basically this should be if the actors are in the moment, every take's going to be slightly different. They may transpose words. They may say some, something uh, slightly different. And you really want that because you pick the cream of the crop out of that. And a lot of times directors who are inexperienced or uh, don't know how to work with actors or whatever it is, everything is like, you've got to say the words, we've got to do this, a couple takes, you know, and say it exactly like this. They sort of micromanage and it becomes, um, you know, it just doesn't bode the actors very well. It does, It doesn't do that so um another other things uh a clear sense of character you know who what where like where are they who are they where what's their life like what's their backstory this is an actor's job this is their the job they do as an actor it's it's the creating all their backstory understanding their environment um so and you know that's a very important it's like if you're I was just reading uh, just reading somewhere a couple of days just somewhere I'm actually reading Larry Moss's book right now. I think he had mentioned that in the in that it was that you know a couple actors were uh, shooting outside and was freezing and and so they were cold. But then they come into a studio and it was like 70 degrees and you still believe them. You still believe they were cold even though they had parkas on and it was they were sweating underneath. That's good acting. That's good work as an actor because you need to be able to believe that it's it's like how many times do we you know cuz audiences are sophisticated pretty well you know you're walking into a set or if it's cold outside and a blizzard it's you're in a you're in a nice safe sound stage somewhere actors have to bring that out they've got to know their sense of place their environment um did they just climb the stairs you know and then walk into a room and they're out of breath they need to know all that stuff and as directors we need to understand that but we can only do so much we can only think of so much because there's everything else that everybody's asking us to do things to. So, again, it's, it's it's about, you know, I'll do my work as a director, and my homework, and I expect the actor to do the same. Um, you know, how to visualize is a big one right now, too, Rex, because, you know, how many times are actors now standing in front of a green screen with all these wires and buttons oh, all okay. over them with a sword fighting an imaginary dragon or a, or a 10-foot giant? I mean, that's where movies are going now and even smaller films are are incorporating all of that in because of the technology. So actors really they and and they're having these long conversations with people that aren't even there. So this is I mean I think there should almost be acting lessons how to act by yourself in front of a green screen. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they need a strong sense of visualization and um and just to understand uh all of that kind of stuff because that's 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 hard. You know, and also, you know, put into if you're in a Western or if you're in a war movie or, or you're in a hospital, it's like it's a movie set. You know, as soon as everybody calls cut, everything stops. You know, if you're doing, I've done huge battle scenes with thousands of troops and bombs going off, but as soon as the director calls cut, you know, everybody kind of stands up, brushes the dirt off, and everybody, okay, yeah. You know, it's not real. But in those moments, what do you feel in the moment? You know, and these are things that. You know, when we get actors that are, like in those last couple weeks of rehearsal time or before a movie goes to production, they're training. You're putting them into a, you know, I use the military as an example. So, you know, we did a TV movie. It was a flashback to Vietnam, and, you know, the guy, the main lead, uh, got, you know, hit with a mine and and so, you know, and uh, and bashed his leg up so that when we see him in modern times, he's always limping. So we had to go back and recreate that. So we had, like, ten guys... You know, and we trained them for a day with the military advisors so that they looked and, I mean, one day was all we could get. But at least there was a semblance of a of a, of a cohesive unit and that they were they were training. And actually, the young actor had to learn to hold the rifle with the other hand because our lead actor
0: was left-handed. So
1: all of these things, act, that's their job as an actor, is to really well, get look, into
0: these roles. I mean, if you look at movies, like one of my favorite movies, you know, A Few Good Men, you know, the military demeanor that these people have to be able to pull off, whether it's Demi Moore or Jack Nicholson or any of them. I mean, they, they all have to have a certain, uh, you know, a look like they've been doing it for some time in order to make Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's credible. And one one movie, I can't think of the name of it, was Christian Slater and John Travolta, where. Oh, uh, the, um, missile thing, or, the missile thing. The missile thing, yeah. And Travolta walks up this hill. And, you know, I'm watching the whole time. And when I saw him go up, it's just a hillside. It's like five or ten strides up the side of the hill. But he did it, you know, with his back perfect. I mean, and I looked at that and go, I could never have done that. I'm too much of a schlep. This Mm -hmm. guy, you know, managed to uh, have the presence, you know, of of this commander, you you know, of his station in life as he walked up this thing. And I was like, wow, that moment for me made it so believable. And, uh, but it's things like that that you, that I that I think always impress me as well in a performance uh, when they can physically carry something off. Or... Well,
1: exactly, and I I've, I've had the, the the pleasure of working with
0: John John Tavolta
1: for a couple of months on a movie, and and uh, and I always remember there's a scene exactly like you're talking about in Get Shorty where he just walks up the stairs, and uh-huh. uh, and it's like he's a movie star. You know, and there's a certain way they walk, there's a certain way they hold their body, and, you know, he was playing like this gangster, right, And Get Shorty. I mean, it was a comedy, but it was like just, or I think it was in um, another movie I, I tend to quote. These were Al Pacino, um, I think it was Heat, that was Al Pacino. Uh-huh. And he, the car stops, he gets out, and he walks over, gets under the, the yellow tape, and walks up to somebody, no dialogue, and it's like you're just blown away by what he's doing. He's so he present as who he is, as a policeman or whatever he's doing, and and those are the scenes where you're just like, wow, he's not doing anything, but it's like I'm mesmerized. That's yeah,
0: good acting. You're right. <laughs> you're, you're right. And and, I, and another moment came to mind, and that was from um, oh, now I'm gonna, uh, Malcolm McDowell and um oh it's the cat movie the the black cat oh yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. okay i know a long time ago yeah yeah oh
0: yeah with yeah. um uh, Natassi,
1: Natasha. natasic
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. the panther or something um, and and there's a scene where he walks up the stairs you know and he's 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 become the cat and now he's the human and he goes up the stairs but he almost he almost walks up the stairs like a cat i mean it was a, it was a, you know in a shot from beneath and uh just one of those moments that you go oh wow i mean how how cool anyway um, I, I won't further comment on it, but the cat people. Well, but
1: I, I think just to to go back on that is that you know, talking about actors in different roles is that we have to understand that the character in the movie has probably been doing this for 20 years or whatever it is, right? So they know how to be a doctor or a military person or a or a boxer or whatever that role is, right? That character in the film or in the story. That's who they are. That's what they know. An actor steps into that role, and they don't know anything about that. They've never been a boxer or a military person or whatever it is, so they have to learn that. And that's where that transition comes in about training and understanding about the positions and moving and and also just learning about – uh, just learning about it. I think I was reading again in Larry Moss's book, which is a great. It's called The Intent to Live, which is an amazing book, by the way, that everybody should pick up. I think he's talking about Hilary Swank and and uh, and her role in Boys Don't Cry, and that she had to play a boy and how she cut her hair and and went out a lot in out in in the town and and just tried to live that role for a month. And uh, I think that uh, there. Uh, I think I might be paraphrasing a bit here, but I think I can't remember her husband's name. But she he would, they would go out to parties, other people, and he would introduce her as his her, her his cousin, mm. right? As a male, so that she fit into, so she would f- see how it would feel to fit into wow. that environment, right. uh, and that's that's all part of this 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 process, and uh, it's just so important. I mean, uh, have you seen Les Mis yet? No, I
0: haven't yet. Oh,
1: my God, you got to go see it. It's unbelievable. I mean, within the first two minutes, we had chills already on the first shot that was happening. But, again, it's a musical, and a lot of people may might not like that. But performance-wise, there's some amazing performances. But um, Anne Hathaway in there, and this is not a spoiler alert, but, well, I guess a little bit is, but she gets her hair cut. And she got her actual hair cut, not like a, like a uh-huh. ball cap with a wig on it. And the performance, you could just tell that you know the character was selling her hair to to live and just the performance of just Anne just doing that you could just imagine she was it was like so believable because it was like it was her own hair getting cut off i mean oh, wow. those are the kind of things that just give you chills i mean i never i didn't know that until after i saw the movie but the point is is that these are the things actors bring into the roles they bring those magic moments those believable Um, moments of of joy and tears and horror terror whatever it is I mean you've been on sets a long time and so have I and you know there's the odd time where you'll see a performance and all of a sudden the director calls cut and just the crew applauds like wow if you you've nailed it like that's a print guys
0: (laughs) and that's a (laughs) great
1: take because the crew sitting there watching something who are all working and, and jaded after 20 years you know whatever it is it's like wow you've got something so Again, there's a lot of that kind of thing that, that actors have, and it's so wonderful to watch just amazing actors' work. And I have been so, so privileged in, in my career to have been able to participate and watch some absolutely amazing actors in their blocking in their rehearsing stages and finally in their performance stages, just to watch that process. And, and it's just it's just enlightening to see this. It's just really, really true. Really, really enjoy it.
0: The first Union movie I ever shot, I was 18 years old, you know, I got my SAG card from it, the whole thing. And I I was in my dre- trailer, a dressing room, and I was like going, gosh, I just wish everyone I know who has never made a movie, all my friends, you know, in high school and grade school, and every- everyone in my life and relatives could... Be on this set right now, not because it was a great movie. I don't mean it that way, but could be on here and 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 understand and appreciate or be bored or whatever they might experience with uh, what it's like to make a, a a movie, and and that had been and I had done lots of non-union movies prior to that. I mean scores, but the, the the difference between stepping onto what I would say in in those days, the difference between a professional set and and everything I had done before that. Uh, whether money changed hands or not um it w- w- was like night and day for me mm-hmm. it was and 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 what you just said the the, the privilege you know, the opportunity for you to have been on all these sets with all these different people uh good and bad top of the line you know not so hot whatever it's just an incredible opportunity and an incredible experience, an incredible education, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm envious, you know what I mean? Oh, my God, you know, to be able to, to do that, to be in a fly in a wall, for that matter, was yeah. just marvelous, yeah. you know?
1: Well, I, I think I had the, the privilege of working with Peter O'Toole. I was AD in a, a movie and uh, a few years back, and Peter O'Toole came in for the last week, and it was like, this is Lawrence of Arabia, guys. <laughs> I mean, right, right. It's like a legend. And when Peter came to set, he was a gentleman. I mean, it was just, you know, it was just great. But it raises the stakes for all the other actors. And you'll find this, that all the performances were were 100% better, were just there because they were in this greatness, right? And, And someone like Peter would walk in, and I'm using him as an example because I have worked with him. I've actually seen this happen. And and that they're just there. They're just they're hanging around the sets. They just want to pull this energy out, and it does get everybody better. Like and same on a crew side. If you get a great DP in there or, or a director, whoever, this people are going to do a little bit extra because it raises the stakes for the people. And and I think that's really important as well. Then you know where this ensemble cast comes in, uh, where other people can come in and or they're cast in a role for a cameo or whatever, and people just like gravitated. You can see the level come out. So you know it's there. Why don't they do it all the time? (laughs) There's that kind of thing. But, um, and I think that, you know, just continuing just talking, I know we're going to run out of time here, but just to get some of these other performance traits out of the way is, you know, reacting well to problems, too. Uh, you know like an actor we talked about after dropping lines that kind of thing is ad-libbing I mean that's a lot where the theater experience comes in as well um, you know because in theater when an actor drops a line or or, or misses their cue to come on stage you got to keep going and that's really if you're in the moment you can do this um, good at entrances and exits is good you know like when they come in a door or when they leave you know what's their backstory and I think um you know, certain charisma I think we talked about John you know or, or you know right. when, on that there's a certain charisma about about these people that just they're just there and um I have to tell you I did a, a movie with um, um Morgan Freeman and Justin Timberlake a little while ago and and th- there was a scene which is not in them, because we shot it after but um they were they were having a scene in this apartment and that and uh there was they put some music on or something, and it was just supposed to be that when uh you know Justin left the scene, and Morgan would put this old seventies music on, and then he would kind of sing and dance with that, that was what the scene was, and that's how he ended. But after the take was done, Justin came back in, or he was off camera watching, and they put the music on again, and then all of a sudden these two guys started riffing and dancing, and we were standing watching a crew watching these two generations. They were dancing, and none of this got on camera, but we had this incredible show for like five minutes, and they were singing, and they were dancing, and, and you had Morgan showing the young punk, Justin, what to do, and it was like truly, oh, wow. truly an amazing moment, which is like live theater for a moment. You just watch this, and everybody got applause after it. We had, we had tears running down. I mean, it was incredible. It didn't get on camera, but there's only like, you know, maybe 20 of us saw that. And that's what we have as an experience, and we want to experience those kind of things. So it was pretty cool. And I think that I that charisma is is, is there and uh, and happening and, uh, and going, you know, so it's good. And I think also, you know, we talked about truth and believability. I You know, ultimately, I think that's what it's about, right? It's like, do we believe them? Is there a sense of truth? And that's about, you know... Actors understanding their job and 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 their backstory and and their training, and it's not about acting, you know, to use that sense. It's just those real characters, and it's it's a real minefield, you know, because there's so many different versions of it, and just like you know, there's how many actors, there's different ways of acting, and and um, it's it's really the end result that counts, not the journey to get there.
0: Um, you know, I I'm I just going to chime in for a second and, and say that you could probably reduce everything down. I mean, you know, I mean, because there are all different approaches. And I've studied with many of the great, you know, acting instructors and there's many more great acting, you know, coaches out there that I would love to have the opportunity to study with even now. Um, but when it all when it all is said and done, uh, apart from, you know, technique and, you know, and technical execution and, you know, knowing how to hit your mark and walk and, and do it, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, is if you believe what you're doing, the other people believe what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, if you watch a real person in life, when they're walking down the street, they aren't trying to walk down the street and, and pretend that there's something they are being themselves, and they can either be absolutely, you know, if you're an observer, they can be an absolutely fascinating person to watch, but, you know, if if you're, I think, as an actor, the, the biggest problem with people is they just split their attention. They're too busy trying to fulfill what they think they're supposed to be doing instead of just doing it. Mm-hmm. And if they're just, uh, it, it's a hard thing to articulate. But it's like if you believe it, other people can believe it. Yeah. If and, you uh, if, if you don't believe it, the camera will pick that up.
1: Yeah. Well, it's because it's the eyes, right? And you know that's the thing right. in, in you know in, in cinema and film Is we go in for the close up and your huh. eye and you just can't lie. You know the camera doesn't lie, right? Right. And yeah, you can fix this and you can do this, but it's like patchwork, right? And that's not what you want to be doing. But ultimately, it is about. You know the observation. and I do exercises when I, you know, on students and things, where I send them out in the street for ten minutes and just watch real people. Pick somebody, watch them, and then we come back and we talk about them. I said that person's real. Whatever they're doing, it's real. They're not acting. So if you have to, you know, talk about a bus driver or a barista or whatever, like watch if you're playing those roles, go watch real people. How do they move? How do they do it? Because they're, they're they're doing other things, and it's really, you know, the text and the subtext. Right. Uh, I mean, I think really what it is is we also have to understand that that as directors and actors, we work on this, the directing comes from the subtext, not from the text. Right. And I think that that's where a lot of people fall down is, is directors that they don't go to that deep place or to go, they don't understand the subtext part of it. And that's where the directing notes come from. It's not about me more angry because that's what the scene is yell it's about why and why are we doing things and, and same with the actor. And I think so ultimately, you know, I think that's that's really where it is. It's like do your script analysis as a director and an actor. Understand the subtext of everything you do and that's the place you start from. Because words are just words. It's all the moments that we believe are all the or all the off beats, the subtle beats, the moments. I mean just watch Meryl Streep, watch all these people, how they work, where they put the beats, their moments. And the truth
0: that's, and that's so it. true I, I think it's very, really, very really accurate accurate statement well, we just have a, a literally a couple seconds i mean a couple minutes i want to give you those last few moments to to close out and i want to encourage people before the show ends to do leave comments before they go away at the player there and to tweet about it facebook it share it uh live or archived you know um it doesn't matter <laughs> but go ahead peter There's, you have a couple more points you want to make and
1: well, I think I'm just yeah. I mean, I think that's basically we talked about it. Is you know, know their environment and their props and and all of that. And there's a long list of things. And I think that basically it's about do your due diligence. Um, you know, both actors and, and and directors have to 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 know a lot of this stuff. Do your homework. And again, I'll just repeat it because repetition is good. But it all starts with script analysis. And as a director and an actor, to go through that whole process and you know if we talk about from an actor's point of view about believability and truth uh and then that's the first thing and not all actors should be actors just like all directors shouldn't be directors so it take your time if you're if you're a director and you're working with actors and you're not getting a performance and things are happening there's a lot of tricks there's a lot of things that you can do to get performances to help out um you know, there's most everybody, there's something you can do and, and how to do that. But it's about calming people. It's about being, tr- you know, having people trust you. You have to understand, I think the last thing I'll say from an actor's point of view is when they come into an audition, hello, there's 10 of them sitting out and there's 10 people sitting out in the hallway that look just like them and only one of them is going to get a job. Uh, you know, it's pretty tough walking into a room. And then being on a set with all the stuff going on and the crew, you have to just you know, ads and directors should really make sure the actors are welcome. Make sure you give them the room. Make sure that the eye lines are clear. Give them the opportunity to perform, and I think that's the best way to go.
0: Wow, that is so cool, and and, and so very true. And uh, I, you know, for all those people who have been in that position of sitting in that audition outer audition room with with everyone that looks like them, uh, yes, uh, you know, my, my hats off to them. I, I know that feeling well. And, uh, and uh, so, uh, Peter, I want to thank you so much for being here again today. You're going to be back in February. I think you said the 21st. I think that's accurate, but uh, it certainly will let people know. I want to thank everybody who's been in the room, chat room with us as well, who've been chatting and leaving comments and, and listening and who've been with us live today. Uh, yeah i've got you down I might just will check the calendar for the 21st and um so peter will come back there's a lot more to talk about and a lot of the script analysis and breakdown stuff you know we're covered in prior shows so please do go back and listen to those and um well, thank you uh, jake settler says I always enjoy rex and peter uh riff on acting and directing yeah, and The so riff. Do yeah, no, we, no kidding do we I, get into yeah. a riff all right yeah uh, we've got a lot to cover, and and, uh, and Peter's got a whole lot more information. And and if you're interested at all, go and check out actioncutprint.com dot com and and look at the directors. Uh, it's called the directors chair. Chair. No, no, no uh, it's not, not easy. just the easy. To, the product. The the you've got a oh got the a art and
1: craft of the director. Court, the art and craft
0: yeah. of the director. Right. Yes, the art and craft, and then he also has the scheduling and breakdown and the first AD's. Series. I mean, your product at Action Cut Go look at those because I also developed...
1: I've also just started up my film directing coaching services too. And they can get that on my blog. They can. If they're interested in one-on-one Skype coaching, I do that around the world. A lot of clients right now, so it, it could be beneficial for some people.
0: That's very cool. That's very very cool. So yeah, check out Action Cup Print and uh, all that Peter has to offer online and elsewhere. He's got workshop coming up March ninth and tenth in Toronto on directing actors. So if you're a director and you, will, I mean, go there. I'm going to go. So go there and uh, <laughs> okay. be there and uh, with Peter and and with me. I'll be attending. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Peter, I want to thank you so much. I'm going to call you back in just a few minutes, but uh, I thank you so much for being here today, and I can't wait until we come back. And, uh, again, uh, we've got volumes of stuff to, to go through. Yeah, You're going to love As always. As always. Okay, Rex, thank you. All right, so you have a good one. I'll be talking to you in a moment. Thank you, Peter. Uh, fascinating. I, I just love it when Peter's on. I can't believe that so much time has gone by from the last time to now and uh, I certainly appreciate uh him coming back and 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 uh, picking up after the new year the director's series again you're listening to Rex Fikes movie the official web address is rexsikes.com. i always appreciate your comments and your support about the uh, the interviews and please you know feel free to email me through the the website there at the contact page and let me know um you know your thoughts and your feelings and suggestions and things like that and now you know and i'll try to get back to you in a timely fashion uh, uh, all of the information about upcoming guests can be found on Rex Hig's Movie Beat Friends page on Facebook the uh, Rex Hig's Movie Beat the official site is 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 there but i have not put any written content on any of the blog pages for at least a year or two and the reason for that is because my website is under construction and uh it was supposed to launch 6 months ago and the web developer still hasn't launched it and we were still working on it and uh but as soon as it's ready then it will go up and then new content will be added and all that kind of stuff. All of the interviews are current, so the interviews blog has always been changing and evolving. There are some, you know, resources or there's some updates on things. There's some current events, you know, in the hot and fun blog or whatever that that do change. But the the amount of written material is is much less because uh, uh, it doesn't make sense to continue to generate a lot of content when you're trying to move content. If that makes sense to you. So, just know that there will be a new site coming soon, but in the meantime, stay tuned to com in the interviews to find out who's upcoming, or RexSikes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook, and as well as you can follow me on Twitter rec- rec- at RexSikes Movie That's Rex, Rex, at Movie the last word's abbreviated. By the way, uh, Peter Marshall's uh, Twitter is B.C. Filmmaker. That's British Columbia Filmmaker. B.C. Filmmaker at Twitter. So you can follow Peter there as well. All right. So um, again, you can join us at Serum the Movie on Facebook. This movie I'm directing currently right now. Uh, Serum, S E R U M, the movie. Uh, you can find uh, some interviews online at YouTube at Rex Egg's Movie Beat channel on YouTube. So those are uh, a number of ways that you, you know we can connect and stay in touch besides uh, um, this show. So. Thank you again, Mr. Peter Marshall, and thank you to the readers and listeners of Movie Beat. I've got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so stay tuned. And please keep sharing this website and these interviews with all your friends and contacts. And please do leave comments at the player before you go away. And whenever you can, if you can tweet before the show about my upcoming guests or tweet during the show what my guests are saying, comments, or... Or uh, points that they make. Um, that's great after the show. If you can let people know that you listened and that uh, they should listen to, or do that on Facebook or Google Plus or any of your favorite social media means by email, in person, you know, on uh, Facebook, that would be fantastic. It really helps. And do subscribe to the podcast. Take that with you wherever you go by downloading it to your favorite electronic device. All right, everybody. Have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time. That's a wrap.